In today's episode, I talk about hurry, why it's so bad for us, and the secret to living an unhurried life. You know, I've really gotten into this new game. It's called Silent Tennis. It's like regular tennis, but without the racket. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 95. So glad that you could join us. If you're listening for the first time, please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Or if you've never done that, please do it. Please subscribe. Other people find it more easily when you do that. And make sure you visit our website, manafoodforthought.com, to check out all of our previous podcast episodes, our blog and vlog content, as well as follow us on Instagram at manafoodforthought.com. If you go to our website, you'll also see a Patreon tab where you can be a financial supporter to this podcast for as little as $1 a month and help things continue to keep going. So thank you for all of your generosity to our patrons and to all of you who have been faithful listeners. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. Um, We start every episode with peak, pit, and plug. I encourage you to think about this and discuss with the people you're listening to this with um, or use it as a way to build conversation. But a little update for me, peak. There's been a lot of peaks this past two weeks. Oh, I'm rapping. Beautiful. Um, I'm feeling better. First of all, I talked about my ER visit, I believe, in the last episode, which was scary. Um, but I'm able to drive a little more confidently now. I've been doing some longer drives, haven't had any symptoms. I'm on medication, feeling so much better. Um, still not, you know, totally, I think, back to normal, but I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, fully vaccinated. Um, we got our dryer delivered successfully, installed. We can do laundry, y'all. It's just great. Um, but uh, last weekend was really the highlight. Um, it was uh, Mother's Day weekend. And it also happened to be my wife's birthday, and she was born on her parents' anniversary. So it was, you know, celebrating multiple moms, an anniversary, a birthday, and we made a whole weekend out of it. Um, You know, had dinner at our home for my in-laws on Friday night. Uh, They watched the kids all day Saturday. We went out for the first time, saw people, had lunch, um, went and got massages, went to dinner, all responsibly, all, you know, um, vaccinated, masked, all of that. Had brunch at our house for Mother's Day on Sunday, and it was just, it was really wonderful. First weekend in a long time that felt normal. So, um, yeah, it was great. So, and today, as I'm recording this, Tuesday, May 11th, I just finished recording the last episode of the YouTube Catholicism 101 series I've been making for work. Um, 34 episodes and a 35th question and answer episode, all done all done. And oh my gosh, I can't tell you how great that feels. So a lot of peaks, a lot of peaks. The pit has been, um, I've had to take a step back from a lot of things. Um, and just, you know, take a step back from regular youth ministry, regular young adult ministry, um, doing some things, um, for some other organizations I'm, I'm affiliated with, um, just to slow down. And it's just not in my nature. And I know it's what I need to do, but it's just hard for me to do that. So um, that's just been kind of a bummer because I would really like to do those things. But I know that I need the time to just be present, to heal, uh, to slow down. So that's my pit. My plug is the theme of this episode, a wonderful book that I referenced in the last episode that I finished and highly recommend. This is like the book that I'd be recommending to anyone to read right now. It is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. How to Stay Emotionally Healthy and Spiritually Alive in the Chaos of the Modern World by John Mark Comer. And as I mentioned last time, he is 
um, was just recently the pastor at um, Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon. I think he stepped down um, to go do some other type of work, but um, he's been, and he's still, I think, involved in Bridgetown. But um, I listen to their podcast. I have a lot of respect for him. I really enjoy his speaking style, and he's very well read, and I just appreciate his perspective on a lot of things. And this book is uh, similar to that. It is all about the fact that we just live in a hurried world. And this was obviously written pre-pandemic, but, um, or at least I believe it was, but um, just the noise and the chaos of life. And for many of us in COVID, that didn't slow down. It got worse. It was just a different kind of hurry, a uh, more anxious hurry because we were at home, but with more to do, more to keep track of, um, less help, um, and just kind of hurrying, you know, and, and sprinting through this new overwhelming routine of each day with no time for self-care, mental health. A uh, lot of things went out the window that were more luxuries or enjoyable things in life from before. And that uh, can be very difficult when you relied on those things to restore you um, and have um, just that sense of, of um, peace. Um, he talks about, he points to one... Um, you know, particular verse toward the end of this book, and that's First uh, Thessalonians chapter four. Uh, I'm going to read verses nine through twelve, but it's really verse eleven he hones in on, um, and it says, "On the subject of mutual charity, you have no need for anyone to write you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. Indeed, you do this for all brothers throughout Macedonia. Nevertheless, we urge you, brothers, to progress even more. Listen to this, and to aspire to live a tranquil life, to mind your own affairs." And to work with your own hands as we instructed you, that you may conduct yourselves properly toward outsiders and not depend on anyone. I love that phrase, aspire to live a tranquil life. Like who aspires to that today? You know, we all aspire to these things, um, all these different accolades, and, and we really aspire to lives of more busyness, you know, more influence, more money, which has all these different responsibilities. Who aspires to live a tranquil life? And yet that is what scripture charges us with. Aspire to live a tranquil life, to mind your own affairs and work with your own hands, to really look at what is in front of me, and to live a tranquil life in those places, in the work that we do, in the affairs that we have, in the things that we're called to be responsible for. Um, that doesn't mean we do nothing, but it means that we approach life in a certain way. One thing that was really illuminating for me in this book is, um, if you get the book, it's on pages 48 through 51. Um, and it's a very easy book to read. Um, it's laid out really well. It's not like, you know, full text on every page. It's, it's very kind of like stream of consciousness as he's writing. I really, really like that. But, um, pages 48 to 51, he talks about symptoms of what is now being psychologically classified as a disorder called hurry sickness that people um, suffer from. Um, and he gives 10 of his own symptoms for this. So you can do a little self-check here and see if you struggle with hurry sickness. Um, and so first, irritability. You get mad, frustrated, or annoyed way too easily. Things irk you, you know, things like that. Um, number two, hypersensitivity. All it takes is a minor offset, a minor comment, a bad email to completely throw you off or send you in a funk um, for the rest of the day. Three, restlessness. When you actually do try and slow down, you can't relax. This happens to me all the time. Uh, maybe you try and take a day off, but you're pacing or you just fill it with other things like errands and, and appointments, personal things, or you get lost on social media, whatever it is. Number four, workaholism or just nonstop activity. 
You don't know when to stop. Or you can't. Always something to be doing. Always something to be done. Number five is emotional numbness. That you can get to a place where you don't even have the capacity to feel someone else's pain or your own. Empathy is rare. You may kind of be able to sit and listen, but actually having that feeling um, is difficult. Number six, out of order priorities. You feel disconnected from your identity or your calling, or like you're not really living, um, you know, to what you really want. You're not living a proactive life. Your life is very reactive. Um, Maybe you look at your life and say, is this really what I wanted? Is this really what I should be doing? Wow, you can probably hear my daughter screaming in the background. Um, Speaking of priorities, but don't worry, my wife is on it. I can hear her. Um, So we will continue um, despite the shrieking in the other room. Uh, Number seven, uh, symptom of hurry sickness, lack of care for your body. If you don't have time for the basic needs, eight hours of sleep, exercise, healthy food, um, you know, things like that, you are going to uh, not be taking care of your body. You'll wake up regularly tired. You won't sleep well. You'll be relying on what he calls the four horsemen of the industrialized food apocalypse, caffeine, sugar, processed carbs, and alcohol. So uh, yeah, and that leads to number eight, escapist behaviors. When you're too tired to actually do what's being good for your soul, Um, You fall into things that can numb the pain or give you momentary pleasure. And that could be something as simple as, you know, binging Netflix, browsing social media, or it could be more serious, overeating, overdrinking, looking at pornography, um, you know, falling into addiction, whatever that may be. Number nine, slippage of your spiritual disciplines. Um, Those things start to kind of slip away. You, You sleep in or you're too tired because of lack of care for your body. You don't have that time to pray in the morning. Um, you would rather just sit and be a vegetable on the couch than actually read your Bible. Um, actually, you know, filling your life with these momentary pleasures and suddenly spiritual discipline goes out the window. Uh, and 10 uh, is isolation, that you feel disconnected from God, from others, from even yourself. Um, that it's difficult to sit in the quiet because you're so used to being in the midst of busyness and distraction. Um And so, I don't know, do a little self-check there. How many of those apply to you? Irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, workaholism or nonstop activity, emotional numbness, out-of-order priorities, lack of self-care, escapist behavior, slippage of spiritual disciplines, and isolation. You know, when I did this, I had like six of them. I was like, oh yeah, definitely describes me. Two of them I was like, ish, and then two of them I did not have. But I was like, you know, I was a full like 80% on this. So like, don't feel bad if this um, applies to you. And so it's just part of our world. It's part of what we're encouraged to do. Just nonstop activity, go, go, go. And I I felt really called to talk about this and share this because the book was really useful for me. And I feel like me slowing down is something that I very much needed to do. But to recognize like, just because things are opening back up doesn't mean that things weren't busy and now they're going to get busy again or that there's this vacuum that needs to be filled with constant activity. I think we need to be very conscious, um, those of us who you know are, are believers and prioritize things like prayer and our relationship with God and the sacraments, that we need to make sure that those things come first and foremost and we don't just fill the void of not being out as frequently or not seeing people with more activity, more stuff 
because we could risk going, you know, into a new normal that's busier than the old normal. And that's not good. You know, we want to take advantage of the things we've learned from the pandemic about flexibility, about understanding, about not needing to be in a hurry, about things getting done when they'll get done, about proper priorities and really spending the time doing the things that matter and letting everything else get done later. And so he offers four solutions in this book. Um, and I, I, I'm not at all like telling you everything in this book. I'm giving you a very rough spark notes. So please go buy the book. Um, a, because I don't want to be accused of copyright infringement because I'm not, because it's, I'm giving you a very, very basic summary here. I mean, I am quoting from the book, but I want you to go buy it because it's so, so good. Um, but I won't give you all the secrets, so you'll have to go read, but I'll tell you what are the, the these four practices that he calls it um, of uh, an unhurried life. And they all begin with the letter S. Um, silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing. So let's talk for a moment about silence and solitude. I did an episode about this a few episodes ago. Um, really focusing on the fact that, you know, exterior silence, we know when we've achieved it. You know, it's just like we turn everything off, we go somewhere quiet. But the thing that we struggle with because of how hurried our lives are is the interior silence. Having the ability to quiet down our mind, to not feel like completely, um, um, I don't know what the word is, completely... Um, I don't know, enraptured by our own thoughts or completely wound up in our own thoughts and our own interior monologue. Um, As it says in Psalm 37, verse 7, Be still before the Lord. Wait for him. Do not be provoked by the prosperous nor by malicious schemers. It's easy to get caught in your own head, to rehearse conversations, to, you know, catastrophize things, to have these fantastical imaginings of, life that uh, situations that could happen the way your life could be and um, preventing us from really being silent and present in the current moment so i'd encourage you to think about what it means for you to be interiorly silent to have an interior silence about you um, to really be able to quiet your mind do you have some kind of practice there are a lot of things that we can take from practices like mindfulness and meditation and make them very focused in a Christian sense on Jesus, on the presence of the Holy Spirit, on contemplative prayer, uh, and really just looking to the contemplative prayer tradition of the church to really foster that interior silence. Maybe choosing a, a name or a title for God and an image that every time you have a distraction, that you focus and repeat that over and over in your mind till the distraction ceases, um, to really get to that place of interior calm and presence with God. So the more often you can practice that, incorporate it into your daily life, maybe even having a longer stretch of time once a week where you do that, um, you're going to really be able to recenter, to slow down, and really just get out of that hurried mentality. Because it's easy to, to turn everything off, even though we don't do it often, but it's easy to like know how to do that. But practicing that art of getting to a place of interior silence and solitude is difficult, living in the midst of a hurried culture. And so I would encourage you to try and incorporate that into your life. Secondly is Sabbath. Now, what I love that he points out about the Sabbath um, is that it's not just a day off. It's not. This is what it says in Exodus. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days you must labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. So 
John Mark Comer, the author, he argues that a Sabbath is not just a day off. It is a day devoted to rest and worship. That a day off is just a day, you know, where you're not working, but you can fill it with errands. You know, you can fill it with other trivial activities, you know, um, you know spending all your time binge watching something on social media, wasting your time, filling it with errands. But a Sabbath is a day that's devoted to rest and worship. Now, rest and worship can be that I worship the presence of God and the people around me in my family, in my close friends, that we have community time, we have valuable time being present to one another, or have time to sit and do a leisurely activity that brings me joy. But you have to ask yourself, like, is this something that is rest or worship? And if it's not, then I'm not going to do it. That's something that we have to be considering at all times um, when we're trying to live Sabbath. Thirdly is simplicity. And this is simply like living a more simple life, not being surrounded by so much stuff, but especially so much digital clutter and like calendar clutter. Um, Like looking at your phone, like are there useless apps, time-sucking apps that you need to put a limit on, that you need to delete from your phone? Are there tasks on your to-do list every day or every week that don't need to be there anymore because they don't bring you joy, they don't really accomplish anything? Are there things that other people can do that you can delegate to others at work, um, delegate to others in your family, you know, uh, empower your children or other people in the family to take ownership of the things that need to be done on a daily basis? Um, And really just looking at what you spend your time on. You know, if there's a lot of distractions on your computer, how can you eliminate some of those? How can you put blockers or time limits on them? If there's a lot of distractions in your home, how can you organize, clean, or purge certain things so that you um, have a space that promotes mental clarity and, and productivity when you sit down to work and also promotes comfort and leisure when you sit down to rest? Um, so simplicity. And lastly is slowing. And he has all these different practices. I'm not really going to go into them. Um, But um, he talks about, uh, this reminds me of the verse, um, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to keep still. And just being someone who actively doesn't need to be in a hurry by slowing down. So he gives like, I think like 21 different ways that he does this. Um, And some, a couple of them are like, uh, go the speed limit, come to a full stop at every stop sign. Um, you know, slow down in the way you walk. Don't try and walk fast, you know, stroll. Um, don't pull your phone out whenever you're waiting for something. Um, just sit and appreciate, you know, the, your surroundings or strike up a conversation. Like don't do things that are these like, all right, you know, time sucks or, oh, I have a pocket of five minutes. What can I do? But really just, you know, try and, um, and practice slowing down. So one of the ones that is in there that I already do is that when I go to the grocery store um, and I'm checking out, I look for the longest line just to take a moment to just like rest and pray to be present to the people around me. I also like having time to get all my stuff out of the cart because I like to bag my own stuff. And so it's something that's not stressful for me. I like just having that time to wait, Um, but just not being in a hurry. Um, letting someone who has less go in front of you at the supermarket, things like that, like ways that you can slow down. One of my favorite prayers that I've shared many times on this podcast before is, Lord, I pray that today I would not be in a hurry. And so I just encourage you to get this book, to read it, or at least put into practice some of those things. Um, And if that's a difficulty for you, I want you to ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother under the title, Our Lady of Silence. I came across this title of Mary this uh, as I was preparing this podcast, and it is a devotion to Mary 
um, that I think began by um, someone named Father Emiliano Antonucci. Um, and he wrote a book called The Book of Life on 2000, in 2008. And it was a small collection of reflections that um, would lead to this course on silence offered in Italian, Italian and in Spanish. And it's called Silence, Silence Speaks. And he commissioned an icon of Our Lady of Silence in 2010, two years after this book was written. Um, and it was completed by some Benedictine nuns in San Giulio di Orta in, um, in Italy after nine months. And um, the Pope ended up developing a devotion to Our Lady of Silence that he uh, actually has a copy of the icon hung near the elevator in the Apostolic Palace in the Vatican. It's a picture in the Byzantine kind of style of an icon of the Virgin Mary lifting a finger to her lips as if she's shushing uh, visitors, um, but really uh, encouraging people to avoid engaging in unnecessary talk, gossip, rumors, things like that. Um, and so in 2016, the Pope uh, blessed this icon of Our Lady of Silence. He signed it. Um, and he was moved by the meaning of the image and um, just like that it calls people to interior silence. Um, he wrote a message on the back of the original that says, don't speak badly of others. Uh, he has approved a consecration to Our Lady of Silence. Um, and um, after, after a 40-minute private audience with Father Emiliano uh, in 2019, uh, he did that. Pope Francis approved it. Um, he called the devotion very beautiful. Um, and, um, what else? Um, he considered this, this priest who's a Capuchin friar, um, the ambassador, um, of this Marian devotion. And so the, that friar, Father Emiliano, um, said he told Pope Francis about his story, about his devotion. Um, and po the Pope said, the hand of God is right here. And he told him many times to keep going. Um, and this is just something that I think is really beautiful. Um, you know, silence for us as Christians, it's a form of presence. It's not emptiness, but it's a fullness of being filled with God's presence. It's an ability to encounter Jesus. And so um, there's a, a devotion to Our Lady of Silence that says um, it brings 12 virtues. Tell me if you want these things in your life. Silence itself, listening, humility, joy, paying attention to others. Patience, balance, docility, stability, purity, trust, and mercy. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a grab bag of good things that I would love to have in my life. More of all of them, please. Um, and so if that's something that you desire, I just invite you to pray with me um, this consecration to Our Lady of Silence. And just invite the Blessed Mother under this title to pray for you, to pray for an increase of silence, an increase of unhurriedness, a decrease of hurry in your life, and an increase of those four practices, silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Virgin Mary, Mother of Silence, I consecrate all my life to you. Deign to impress upon my heart the heart of your son Jesus, who died and rose again for me. In reply to the angel's joyful annunciation, you said, Fiat. At the wedding at Cana, you taught me to do everything the Lord tells me to do. Under the cross, you gave me an example of unity with Jesus, who was obedient to the Father. Our Lady of Silence, channel of grace, give me each day the grace of sincere conversion and of stability in my vocation. Mary, dew of divine beauty, reveal how you are a masterpiece of holiness, created at the high price of the blood of Christ. 
O Mary, Cathedral of Silence, make this prayer resound in my heart. Be not afraid, because you are my child, and you are loved by the Heavenly Father. Holy Mary, lifeboat of souls, bridge between heaven and earth, guide me, together with the angels and saints, to build the kingdom of God on earth, so that I may live in the constant presence of the Most Holy Trinity, and desire, for others and for myself, the eternal peace and joy of the heavenly Jerusalem. Amen. That is all I have for you in this episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Please remember to rate and review this podcast, to share it with someone. The highest compliment you can pay is to share this uh, episode with others, especially on social media. And uh, please pray for me. Know that I'm praying for you. Until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. God bless.